Spacemen, Little Green Men, Aliens, Extraterrestrials, whatever you want to call them, humans have been obsessed with the creatures that come from the stars. Science fiction stories dating back to the early 1900s gave us peculiar creatures and body snatchers coming in to take over our quiet existence. The science fiction revival in the 1970s and 80s brought all varieties of evil aliens, such as the menacing xenomorphs, the silent and deadly predators, and John Carpenter's The Thing, as well as more friendly versions like ALF, E.T., and the creatures of Star Wars and Star Trek. Writers like Stephen King, Philip K. Dick, and H.G. Wells have explored how aliens have explored Earth and even attempted to take it over. Wells' 1898 story, War of the Worlds, was told in a radio broadcast across the country, inciting a mass panic as listeners believed that the events of the story were happening in real time. Video games like Destroy All Humans and Saints Row 4 offer their own spin on the invading alien story, while games like Halo and Gears of War take the fight to them in their own backyard. Even kids' movies like Chicken Little have rewritten classic stories to add in our favorite creatures from another world. So it's no surprise that one of the biggest kids' shows out there, a show that drives into the darkness of crime and mystery, has tackled the subject themselves. Come with me now as we travel alongside a group of teenagers driving down a country road. Let's join them as they unknowingly travel closer and closer to their encounter with the spooky space kook. Now, grab a warm drink for this cool night. Lock the doors. Check under the bed and in the closet. Settle into your favorite seat and listen closely. It's time for another fairy tale. Once upon a time, a group of teenagers and their large Great Dane drive down a long and winding road in the dead of night. The gang, deep in discussion over their favorite topic, food, grow quiet as the van they occupy begins to shudder and slow down. An evaluation of the console quickly reveals the cause. They've run out of gas. The van slows to a halt, the cover of the woods causing the gang to grow nervous at their dark surroundings, until they notice a house in a clearing nearby. The teens leave the safety of the van, hoping that the abandoned looking house was anything but. They made their way to the front door knocking, while one looks into the nearby window, searching for signs of activity. A distant clicking sounds nearby, and then a loud shot rings out as the group jumps and huddles together. I told you reporters to get already, a voice calls out as a large ragged looking man steps around the corner. There ain't nothing to see here. Fred, the de facto leader of the group, 
quickly de-escalates the situation, explaining their predicament and the need for some gas so they can leave. The farmer lowers his shotgun and apologizes, explaining that ever since the Yuri spacecraft started showing up nearby, reporters have been swarming the area, trying to collect more information. The group perks up at this, wondering about the veracity of the story, and ask a few more follow-up questions while their dog sniffs around. Shaking his head, the farmer apologizes and states that he doesn't know much more than that a strange object keeps appearing in the sky, and has been for a week already. A barking interrupts the conversation and the group turns their attention to the dog, who's found a set of glowing footprints moving off into the distance, towards an abandoned airfield. They watch, discussing the sudden clue, as the footprints seem to disappear right in front of their eyes. The mystery has begun. The crew arrives at the airfield, with the van gassed up, and begin to look around. More footprints show up, leading the teens into a nearby hangar. A noticeable humming permeates the air, growing louder the closer they get. Darkness hangs in the edges of the hangar as they enter, the humming suddenly disappearing. They follow the slowly disappearing tracks until they come upon a large generator, still warm to the touch from recent use. Confusion sets in to the group, who begin questioning why a generator would be used so recently in an abandoned airfield. The teens split up, searching for more answers, with the dog and his owner Shaggy heading outside after finding more of the glowing footsteps. The two make their way slowly across the cold, dead ground of the airfield, attempting to ease their nerves by sharing a bag of peanuts. Shaggy starts tossing them, watching the Great Dane Scooby catch them, a hand seems to materialize from behind Scooby through the fog, catching a new group of peanuts. The two stop, looking up as a large humanoid figure in a spacesuit comes into clarity. The suit itself seems to shimmer, as if metallic, the helmet pulled up over the creature's face, a face which is devoid of skin. Fear overtakes the teen and his dog leaving them rooted where they stand, until the skull of the creature opens up, and a high-pitched laugh pierces the once-quiet night. Screams from Shaggy and panic barking from Scooby join the laughter, the two managing to move their legs and run from the large alien creature. Neither looks behind them as they run. In another part of the airfield, Fred and the two girls, Velma and Daphne, search in another warehouse close to where they discovered the generator. As the three investigate the various machines and tools littered about, Fred bumps a lever, causing the machine to move and grind as it roars to life. He looks around, watching to see what happens and feels himself being lifted by the back of his pants. Panicking, Fred twists around while being hoisted into the air, noticing a chain hanging from the ceiling with a hook attached, a hook that's embedded beneath his belt, causing the sudden change of altitude. The girls scream and try to reverse the machine to no avail, 
Fred spins, suspended above the hard ground of the warehouse, looking down. The noise and commotion draw the attention of Scooby and Shaggy, the pair passing by in the panic caused by the alien. They rush into the warehouse, rambling about the large creature at the same time the girls attempt to explain where Fred was. Finally, the group calms down, and Shaggy helps him down, carefully. Now reunited, they are able to discuss their findings, beginning with Shaggy's report of the space creature, a description met with some skepticism. Shaggy pauses, lips trembling as he tries to get the next word out, frustrating Fred who asks what the creature looked like. Shivering, he points past Fred and the group turn to look in the direction indicated. The high, piercing laughter fills the room again as the alien creature emerges from a separate door, the skull head splitting and rejoining as it laughs. The group runs out of the warehouse caught in a panic. They can hear the footsteps of the creature behind them as they race for their lives. Going around a the corner, they duck into a doorway as the thudding of the alien's footfalls fade away. The teens huddle together in the dark, regretting their decisions. Moments pass without further incident or signs of the alien. The group deliberates over the next steps as Shaggy and Scooby snack on food they had discovered in the room's cupboards. They decide to make their way back to the van and reach civilization so they can inform the authorities. Gathering their nerves, they file out of the building, heads on a swivel as they watch for any sign of the creature. The teens progress across the airfield, with still no hint of their pursuer. Coming upon a broken down jeep, Fred notes that he can smell gas nearby. They investigate the jeep, discovering that the exhaust shows signs of having been run recently, just like the generator. The jeep's engine roars to life, surprising the gang, causing them to jump back as the jeep revs up and drives away from them. The laughter echoes through the airfield, seeming to come from all around them this time. They gather close, each looking around, trying to identify where the creature is this time. Shaggy spots him, coming from the direction that the jeep sped off to. The group begins to run in the opposite direction, when they notice doors opening all around them, as well as storage gates being lifted. More creatures appear, all laughing their cold, piercing laughter. Step after step, glowing footprints left behind with each move forward, the aliens advance, laughing their haunting, vile laughter as they press in on the teens. Cold, metallic hands press against flesh, and into the night, a painful howl rings out. Tonight's story might be less recognizable than some of the other ones I've covered, since its source isn't usually regarded as part of the horror community. Be that as it may, the world of Scooby-Doo has its own unique charm and thrills that have helped prepare the younger generations for decades. Started in 1969, the show Scooby-Doo Where Are You provided a simple format for a mystery comedy premise involving four inquisitive teenagers and their talking dog. 
Each episode would follow a similar series of events, finding the teens traveling on a road, breaking down, discovering an abandoned area, learning about a ghost or ghoul or monster haunting the area. Then they would then investigate the area, discover clues, and eventually, unlike our unfortunate group, they would discover the monster was really just a selfish and greedy human trying to drive people away from a treasure. The show itself only lasted for two seasons, but thanks to spinoffs and commercial success, Scooby and the gang have been a mainstay in the mystery world for quite some time. Numerous shows came in waves, all following the basic premise. Several straight-to-video movies were made, providing longer episodes and adding some more depth to the plots. The gang even crosses the line into true supernatural, with specials about a school for young monsters, adds in guests like the Addams Family, Batman, and the stars of the WWE, and went beyond its animated borders with multiple real-life adaptations, one even starring a horror legend, Tim Curry. Meant to appeal to kids and counterbalance the hype of more violent Saturday morning superhero shows, the show helped to provide a moral compass to young ones about the dangers of greed and selfishness. It also helped to explain that behind every monster was just a normal, everyday person alleviating any fears that may have been built up over these creepy creatures and ghastly ghouls. However, ask any fan of the Scooby-verse, and they'll still speak with a certain trepidation about some of these haunting figures. The gang has gone against a number of monsters and ghosts over the last 50 years, from ghost pirates to aliens to werewolves to mummies and everything in between. They've tackled local legends such as the Ghost Bear in the WWE special, and more well-known cryptids like Bigfoot, the Yeti, and the Loch Ness Monster. Dracula himself has even made a few appearances over the years, from being a potential monster to a mere concerned parent of a vampire daughter. While these beasts and baddies range from unknown and forgettable to the stuff of legends, they've each left their impact and can be found in much more terrifying stories and settings. Take our own spooky space kook, as he's referred to in the episode title of the show. An original monster to Scooby's rogues gallery, the spooky spaceman is always found on many fans' top 10 villains of all time lists. His large stature, stomping walk, and skinless face left a mark on many kids, even after the reveal at the end. Even the piercing laugh was enough to send shivers down anyone's spine, despite the comedic elements of the show. One may wonder, if the showrunners of the revamped Doctor Who were fans of Scooby-Doo when they developed one of their classic and more frightening villains in 2008. In a two-part episode released in May 2008, the Doctor and his companion, Donna, arrive at a large library planet, storing all the documents and books from across the galaxy. While normally a bustling hub of activity, the two notice that the library is completely empty well, not completely. The pair eventually come across a group of time-traveling archaeologists dressed in spacesuits sent to that time to investigate the disappearance of denizens of the planet. 
The group as a whole begin to discover clues about what may have occurred at the library, including a message warning of those with two shadows. As their numbers slowly dwindle, the doctor discovers a member of the crew dead in a room of the library. Discussing the next steps, the crew member stands and begins to shuffle towards the group. Their helmet, as dark as night, left everything to the imagination as they step forward, arms outstretched, issuing a single question. Who turned out the lights? Inching forward, a shape appears in the darkness of their helmet, the visage of a skull, skinless and dry, falling forward against the glass. Unlike creatures like the Daleks, Cybermen, and Weeping Angels, the Vashna Narada were, at least in the main show, a one-and-done Doctor Who villain that left an impact on fans. Multiple pieces of fan art showing the skull-faced crew members circulate amongst Doctor Who fan pages, tucked in with some other favorite monsters. Even the phrase, hey, who turned out the lights, is enough to send an involuntary shiver over anyone's spine who's in the know. Still regarded as one of the most terrifying creatures our time-traveling friend has dealt with, Vashna Narada are actually microscopic bugs that travel in swarms, instantly devouring any meat that they come across. Over the years, the doctors had multiple run-ins with them, with the most impactful being the encounter in the library. While normally recognizable, the situation in the library allowed them to masquerade as a human, providing them with a way to jump to each new crew member, devouring them on contact and reanimating their bones. So with a warning from the doctor to stay in the light and watch for dual shadows, it's no wonder how these tiny creatures have created a new nightmare and fear of strangers in spacesuits. A fear that could easily be traced back to a certain creepy space kook. Hey, who turned out the lights? Fury Tales is written and produced by me. Music is provided by Nicholas Gasparini. New episodes will be released every Wednesday. If you enjoy the show, please share with your family and friends who may be interested, and subscribe yourself on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher, as well as rate and review. Every bit of feedback is valuable to me, and I will be sure to give you a shout-out on a future show. I've also started a Patreon to help with some of the costs of hosting this podcast. While I do enjoy what I do and look forward to continuing to provide you with chilling tales and histories, I do want to make sure I can deliver the best possible quality to you, as well as provide extra content and episodes to those who are interested in seeing more of what goes into this. The link is in the show notes below. And be sure to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at FearyTales13. And remember, the oldest and strongest emotion of mankind is fear. And the oldest and strongest kind of fear is fear of the unknown. H.P. Lovecraft <laughs>